Howdy doody. Well, welcome back everybody, episode number 20. We have made it to 20 episodes. That's incredible. Um, I'm so pleased you're still with me and pleased to see that my audience is growing worldwide. Keep on spreading the word and keep on subscribing and keep on listening and keep on enjoying. Thank you. Thank you, gang. It's been wonderful so far. Um, and as I say, if you do have any questions, any thoughts, anything you'd like to share with me or anything you'd like me to share with the other listeners, as I say, I'm quite happy to uh, to have a chat with you and maybe even interview you if you've got, I don't know, for instance, my example would be uh, if you've got a play, a show, a performance to sell to the world, then um, I would be very happy to uh, chat to you. Um, especially if it's kind of along the themes of the subjects that I tackle in the Beginner's Guide to a 40-something Gay Man. So please do jump in and questions, as I say, you can ask me via my website, which is mattiankelly.com, or you can just go even easier, go straight forward um, and go via SoundCloud. Uh, and in the top right-hand corner of SoundCloud, there's a little envelope and you can... Uh, ask me questions via there. But I really would like your questions, um, questions to me. As I say, I am building up a few. I did have a kind of spurt of a few people putting questions in, but I'd like to get a few more. I'd like to have one episode where it is just kind of your questions, all of your questions, um, and me answering your questions, and maybe even perhaps uh, chatting to a few listeners. That's sort of the next stage. So don't be shy. Please, please, please jump ahead. Also, reviews. Reviews on SoundCloud. Reviews on Podcast Land. Reviews on iTunes. Now, next week, because the iTunes thing has been an, a little bit of an issue with trying to get these reviews out there, um, is I will give you, I'm going to find out and give you a detailed breakdown on how to leave reviews. Because as I say, I know people have told me and have contacted me via other means and said, I can't see my review. Um, and neither can I, <laughs> is the truth of it. So uh, it would be good. Let's search that out together and uh, and uh, get some of your reviews in. And then we can make this podcast grow and grow. Anyway, gang, thanks again. That's kind of any other business. Um, so episode 20. Today is another solo one. Um, after last week chatting to uh, my friend and lovely the lovely producer mr pete shaw um and the show is launching in three days time um so i'm very excited about that really looking forward to it having fun um and i really hope some of you are going to get down to greenwich theater i'm not going to post all the details again because i've posted them endlessly but it is at greenwichtheater.org i believe is their website and the play's called Chinese Whispers. But a lot of people enjoyed Pete's and people are still listening to that. I'm still getting a lot of feedback about the um, the episode where I was uh, at the British Library, um, the Gay UK episode. And I'm really glad people enjoyed that. So I'm probably going to aim to do a few more of those. Go to a place, report on a, on a thing and come back to you with my thoughts and the things that inspired. Um, so I'm going to have a few of those. As I say, I have other guests lined up. Um, I may be guestless again next week, just purely through the practicalities and timings. Um, there is one in the balance. We will see. I, you'll know when you know. Anyway, gang, thanks again for joining. Um, so, yes, so this is the solo, another one. Um, and this week, uh, I'm going to talk about a few things. It'd probably be a little bit of a shorter episode. Um... But a few things, and I know, and I have talked to, uh, via Twitter, I was talking to somebody about the whole mindfulness thing that I've brought up a few times, and how that interests me, and how that has affected me. Um, I did explain I used it uh, after uh, my mother became quite ill, and my father was ill, and um, I'd been ill myself as well before, I'd had a tonsillectomy I think we've talked about that as well and the tonsillectomy is kind of really where mindfulness began for me 
um, because of <laughs> I was worried about I was worried about worrying about pain. Um, and anyway, mindfulness kind of began there for me, and it's a it's a slow journey. And as I say, it's not an answer to all your ills and worries, but it's a way of it doesn't quieten the mind. It just is something that makes me feel a lot more in control of... The mind isn't ruling the brain, basically. So, yeah, I thought I'd explain a little bit about that today. Now, um, what I do, if I can, doesn't always work out, is that... And, and, and this is also to dispel all the concerns about what it is because people still think it sounds mysterious i know lots of people are uh, are learning about it now and it's ever growing but um for me it's kind of it, it it helps control anxiety um and and what i do is it's it's very simple i practice by doing a and i use the word meditation because that's what it's called but um, I think some people get uh, not afraid, but are um, it, it 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 puts them off. The word meditation puts people off, um, and I kind of understand that myself because I would have been exactly there myself even well, three years ago, four years ago. Um, but now it's become very much part of routine for me, um, and even if it's only Sometimes it's only five minutes in the morning before I go out, and then sometimes five minutes in the evening. Um, I aim to do about... There's one particular practice, which I do through YouTube. It's just somebody on a YouTube, and it's a guided meditation. And um, this lady, who I'm, uh, Fiona Gallica, is, uh, guides me through this one uh, meditation. And by meditation, let's explain what I mean. All it is really is sitting down and... Um, and catching your breath, feeling your breath, being aware of your breath, and focusing on that for five, ten minutes. And every time your mind wanders, you bring it back. And if you, if your mind does wander, which it's going to do, because that's the nature of the mind, you don't have a go at yourself about your mind wandering. And you take it back to the breath. And really, that's kind of the very, very simple basics of it. Um, and, I, and I would like to, I'm not say so this isn't a self-help podcast. Um, but as I say, sometimes I know through anxieties that come with concerns over money, relationships, sexuality, all sorts, all the gamut. All of this can be useful. Um to to help you through does I say it doesn't stop things happening but it, it's the perspective it gives you and being very present and the more present you are because most of the fears are you fear something that's happened because something traumatic happened in the past and you live in that and you worry about that reoccurring okay so that's one of the problems and then the other side of the coin is you worry about the future and that's one of been one of my major ones is, is you preempt stress you preempt things going wrong and the mind can be prone to give you all the worst scenarios because it's something it's it's, it's part of nature the mind wants to prepare you for all uh, all moments um, and that any walls that hit you any dramas that are going to occur your mind's already prepared itself but of course usually those things don't happen and so all it is is just bringing your mind back to to a turn kind of to a very central core calm place um i'm sure some people think i sound mad but um i did want to share it and just say that you know it does it has helped me maybe it's not for everybody but definitely for me it's been something that i have used i will give you a couple of examples of uh, of things on youtube because that's for me is just the easiest way to find it as i say so i listened to one called short mindfulness meditation um 
a medita- meditative moment, a meditative moment by Dr. Fiona Gallica, and Gallica is spelt Gallacher actually, so G A L A C H E R, Dr. Fiona Gallica, um, a meditative moment. And that is about 12 minutes, I think, and uh, it's very calm. It also has sound of waves. Uh, some people might find that distracting as well, but I find that actually helps focus me on my breath. Um, and then there's another guy called John Cabot Zinn, who is a bit of a guru in the mindfulness world. Um, and he has, there are hundreds of videos of him. First of all, him explaining, and he explains it a lot better than I do, what mindfulness is, but also um, he, he has uh, instructional videos and videos of guided meditation. Um, and he has a very calming voice and he's a very, uh, seems comes across as a very nice man. Anyway, those are my recommendations for, for mindfulness. And as I say, if anybody wants to chat to me further, if you want to chat privately, send me a private message and we can talk more about that. And I'm more than happy to, to have a chat about how it's working for you. If not working for you, all the above. Anyway, so that's mindfulness. As I said, and I'd promised uh, one listener that I would discuss it. And so I have. Anyway, so we move on. Um, and uh, this week, my recommendation is, well, there's an album. Um, and it's by a guy from a Vancouver who was called Pat Lock. Um, and all I can say is summer music extraordinaire. Um, there's one track particular called Mar Vista from his album and the album's called Hold On Let's Go. And it's just um, it's just really funky and it's very summery and I can only recommend it. Go and listen. Pat Lock, P-A-T and Lock is L-O-K um, at Pat Lock Music on Twitter um, also on Instagram and all those other things. Um, and Facebook um, but yes I'm just pulling up his biography now just to give you a taste because I know that people have actually started telling me they are listening to things and listening to my recommendations so here goes so his bi- biography is it says that he fuses soul and r and vibes with a love of classic house jams Patlock has become a staple in the playlist of tastemakers worldwide well there you go Tastemaker. Um, his releases, U Street and Your Lips, and numerous remixes have received crit- critical acclaim, racking up millions of plays and consistently topping Hype Machine. Recently supported by Spotify's New Music Friday and BBC Radio 1. The Vancouver based producer has been featured by The Fader, Majestic Casual, Victoria's Secret, and in the Magician's Magic Tape series. I'm not quite sure what that is. Um, Having recently completed a 12-day DJ tour across North America, Pat Locke continues to bring his signature sound to dance floors around the world, including Colombia, Colombia, Mexico, Spain and the UK. Um, anyway, uh, that's a description of him and his music. But this track, Mar Vista, go and do it when you finish listening to this podcast. Go straight to iTunes and and find Pat Locke and find that album. Um, it's it's perfect for this time of year um i think pretty much wherever you are in the world it would suit even if you're in the winter down below the bottom of the world then um (laughs) it's music for all seasons but definitely for uh us us up in the west it's an extreme summer album anyway so that's my music recommendation and i can't get enough of it um and then we're going to move on two well i should talk about rehearsals really before i go on because i want to give you the full breakdown of what happened not what have happened because i'm not going to give you spoilers try to not give you spoilers but my trip our trip to see angels in america the first part millennium approaches so we've got i have to tell you some of that and just how it was it was it was epic it was as epic as I was expecting. Um, I may have been 
I think the only thing I'd say was I overhyped it to myself a little bit. But hey, it was still incredible. But we'll come to that in a minute. But talking about where I am and what I'm doing. And uh, for those people who follow me on Instagram um, and the like would have seen I posted some pictures uh, from outside uh, the rehearsals. Uh, We were rehearsing. We just finished, literally finished today, rehearsals at the Royal Naval College in Greenwich. And it's been such a lovely two weeks. Um, the cast, we're all so, we're all very different in our backgrounds and different in our tastes, I suppose you'd say, and styles and, and, the, and, and the things that have inspired us. Probably we're all very different, I would imagine, because I still don't know everyone's inspirations. But generally, it works really well as a bunch of people. Um, and I think is going to be a great piece of entertainment. So I'm looking forward to people seeing it. But it's just been incredible for me to be in, as I said before, I think probably just being in a being in a play and actually doing, as I say, I get to play three characters, which is always fun. Um, uh, one's bigger than a couple of the others, but just loving and what's to say being present to mindfulness, but being present in the rehearsals and actually just joy, enjoying the day to day of rehearsal. Um, and uh, I, I'm looking forward to uh, the next couple of weeks getting to uh, work with these gentlemen on stage and get to know them even more. Um, and yeah, I, I can say is sometimes in life you think you're going one way and then you go another way and then you think that that's essentially as I said before there have been points where I've thought I think I'm uh, maybe I'm done with acting maybe I want to become uh, a vet no I mean (laughs) that was my other choice of job but no there are and and, uh, other things that still interest me other opportunities and other avenues that I'm still interested in following um, and will continue to uh, investigate but alongside acting and I think actually I was talking to somebody about this the other day I'm talking to uh, my friend Andrew who regular listeners will know um, about how doing this podcast has genuinely affected my approach to life and my mental state and actually sharing with you and as I say, if you go back to the first two or three episodes, I was apologising a lot for talking to you. And now I know that people really enjoy listening. Um, and I get lots of compliments about the tone of my voice and um, but also the content. A lot of people have been enjoying that. But I have to say the message I think I'm sending back to you, lovely listeners, is that I suppose don't ever feel trapped and constrained by the path that you think you should be following or the path that somebody else has told you to follow or even the path that sometimes is giving you joy and happiness and things working out in life that if you take, if you veer off especially with things like work um, and career and that I, as I say, I veered, I was veering off for a bit and then I kind of went back in and I kind of went back in via panto and all sorts of things and kind of landing back on uh, how much I enjoyed it but actually being I suppose brave enough to do a podcast in the first place and chat to you people every week and chat with my guests has has given me a sense of a bit more of a sense of who I am and so if you have that burning desire ambition or even not necessarily a burning desire or ambition, but just a, a question of, I think I could do that. Maybe I should do that. All I can say is I want to be supportive to all of you, dear listeners, and say, go and do it. Try it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't matter if it goes wrong. It doesn't matter if you fail. As long as you're not losing thousands of pounds of cash. And sometimes, well, if you've got thousands of pounds of cash to lose, that's okay. But it's more about just try it. 
dip your toe in, see how it feels. Anyway, this is all going back to mindfulness again, but I just wanted to say how much I'm enjoying doing what I'm doing at the moment. I'm looking forward to... There is news. There is news. Dear listeners, there is news of another show um, that I haven't mentioned yet that I'm going to mention to you now. I'm going to be touring uh, around the UK in November uh, with a show called Get Therapy. Um, And there will be details revealed about that down the line. Um, But it's... uh, Well, it's in the title, Get Therapy. Um... But I will give you all the full details on that. But anyway, I've been casting that and I'm looking forward to kind of going in and doing that. Uh, so that's pretty much all of November and travelling around a bit with that. Um, and it's a show that deals with uh, mental health. And I've talked a lot about that already today myself. So we'll talk more about that. But as I say, it's just been a general, the level of of things ticking over and, and, and actually feeling satisfied and excited about things rather than in fear which was happening and just kind of dreading uh launching myself into jobs um and now just feeling excited and 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 looking forward to jobs down the line anyway we'll get this we'll get this first gig done and then I will tell you more about that and start selling that one to you especially if you're UK listeners and you're not necessarily in London this one is going to be on the road so I hope you'll get to see it and perhaps come to a town near you if not in your town and perhaps we can meet and share a sherry afterwards but anyway um so good news good news anyway that does bring me lots and lots of talk about theatre this week but bring me to my thoughts uh and my experiences uh, with Keith at the National Watching Angels in America Part 1. So, Angels in America is, well, three revolves that uh, are moving simultaneously and then also move to clear for one an incredible snowy landscape. An apartment that uh, rises up from the ground uh, fiery books and beating wings it's it's I, I, I really don't know where to begin and as I say I, I, I'm very uh, cautious about giving away too much for people who have booked tickets and are going to see it and don't know anything about it I think most people who are seeing it probably do know the premise of it um but essentially, the kind of the beginning of the show is well, the the, the focus of the first part, uh, Millennium approaches is um, kind of the stories of of two separate couples, uh, as one straight couple and one gay couple. Well, one, so yeah, the the the, the straight couple is the, the, there's a question there, is all I'll say, um, but. Uh, the, the the gay couple Lewis and Pryor Pryor Walter um, are going through uh, quite a traumatic time because uh, Lewis's uh, grandmother's recently died and at about the same time Pryor um, discovers that he has AIDS and uh, and is terrified. Um, but Lewis doesn't know how to to deal with it. He's just not sure how he can be a carer for Pryor because because of his own fear. Um, and that leads to again, it's very difficult without saying too uh, to, to, without spoiler spoilering it for you. But it's super powerful. Um, and then uh, the other the other couple joe and uh, a lady called harper his wife harper um she's uh addicted to neurology well um to i suppose to uh, to valium um and the valium leads her to um have panic attacks and hallucinations but the hallucinations actually start to talk to her about her current 
situation with her um her with her husband um their their stories become intertwined fairly quickly um and uh it's it's just as i say it's just one of the it's 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 actually really very funny as well um the 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 cast are superb um andrew garfield is playing prior and his performance i personally just the the energy and the dedication to the not dedication to the story but the dedication to the to the character's soul is the best way to describe it is just superb i mean i don't know really what i expected i mean andrew garfield is a uh, very attractive man um um but my goodness is just absolutely superb um it, there's 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 no other way to describe it and his reactions to things that occur throughout and there's a lot of fantastical stuff happening he reacts to them the way that a human being would react to some of the fantastical things that happen to him and when i say fantastical i don't mean that things are fantastic in his life i mean crazy events that occur unexpected events again i'm trying to be very careful without spoiling it um but he i mean this was one of the uh one of alra's big lines when i was there one of the big taglines was uh, acting is reacting and it's very true and but he is reacting his ass off <laughs> he's in uh, yeah incredible um there is a moment of him appearing in drag which is uh is just is really super well just elegant really superbly elegant um uh, and he he lives the fear um it's just so andrew garfield and, and as i say all i really knew about andrew garfield was really uh, spider-man i know he's done lots of other things and he'd done uh he's done a lot of theater before he went and was snapped by hollywood um he was in beautiful thing um at the sound theater that used to exist in leicester square in london um, and I think he was in something else there as well. So that, I think that was kind of the launch of his stage career. Um, but obviously he's been focusing on film and that's what he's known for. And Spider-Man is the one I know him from. But just, yeah, just if no other reason, just to see his performance. Um, yeah. Uh, so if I'm marking it uh, in stars, he definitely is a five out of five stars performance um incredible i mean all the cast are incredible um don't get me wrong um the uh the other name that especially for uk listeners um actually and well russell tovey was uh there we go that's his name <laughs> so russell tovey uh has appeared in uh was appeared on broadway um and was in looking the u.s tv series um as a brit playing a brit in that the show set in san francisco that again i think we've talked about that i loved a lot and if you haven't seen that looking my goodness go and watch that now this there is a series and then there is a uh, i think it's two seasons and then a film that kind of wraps it up but i I, uh, yeah, I loved that. Um, big fan. Um, but anyway, Russell Tovey is um, he plays uh, Joe or Joseph, um, and uh, he and his wife Harper, who's played by an an actress called Denise Goff, are warring and struggling, um, and going through the mill. Um, of pain and anguish and it's yeah he again uh, the, their, their dynamic is is really strong um, 
again, I'm having to be so careful. I wish I could just tell you all um, what's happening in the story on the stage, but I'm not going to do that. But yeah, Anne Russell Tovey, uh, <laughs> the, the front row, there's a point where he sits down and kind of hangs his legs over the edge of the stage somewhat. Um, and the front row was, uh, the night I was there, were it was mainly clearly gay men. And when Russell Tovey sat down, the whole row of men sat forward um, and were very clearly happy to be in close proximity to Mr. Tovey because he has become a bit of a um, a heart throb um, in of recent years. Um, but uh, but he he he's he's uh, super super masculine in the role. Uh, super, um, I suppose, he allows uh, his vulnerability to show, the character's vulnerability, even though he's trying to be strong and is that kind of guy, um, the, the, the vulnerability kind of is always cracking through the whole time. And there's a fight going on there. Um, but again, so they're, they're both wonderful. And then that there's uh, eight people in the cast. I mean, there's a few other, I suppose you would call them supernumeraries, um, playing, um, well, again, playing bits and pieces is all I shall say. Um, but the main cast is is, is cast of eight. Um, and everybody in it, uh, there are a couple of older women, uh, Susan Brown, um, who is fabulous, um and uh, oh yes another another fantastic fantastic performance that kind of sticks out well there's two um there is the guy who plays lewis um who is called james mccardle and his performance is uh is hilarious and moving and you get pretty angry with the character but at the same time you sympathise with him and, and that's quite a hard line to play um, someone who does rile you and but at the same time you as an audience give a shit about um, James McArdle um, he was wonderful so I can only uh, give him again well all of them I keep praising but there's nothing more I can do than praise um while I'm thinking about it, there was a negative. My main, my my biggest problem was the seat. It's a long, it's a long show. It's three and a half hours, this first part. And it didn't feel like three and a half hours. But the only time I became aware of the time was because the seat, the design of the seat. And I was in the front row of the circle. And it's at the Littleton Theatre in the National. And... I have sat there before, and it's not the first time that I've noted that some of the seats... And you pay quite a bit of money. Oh, well, we paid quite a bit of money for our seats. And and that, that, was, that, was, that was my... If that's my biggest problem is the seat, then you know it's a good show. But that was the only thing I'd say that took away because my back started to hurt um, and I couldn't stretch my legs. But anyway, if that's the biggest qualm, then it's not really a qualm. And I probably just need to get over it. It's a seat. Um, but yes, that was that was my my big negative. Um, and then um, obviously Nathan Lane, who's playing Roy Cohn, is just. I mean, as an actor, it's there are people that you watch on stage and you just. Um, I think the word we would use is. Uh, you are gagged by the talent. I, I absolutely has such a good understanding of how to... And his character, again, is a difficult character. And he... Well, his main character... Said they all play uh, a lot of characters. Uh, they all play multiple characters. But... Um, uh, Roy, his main 
character is a tough one to play, but he does it with such. I was going to use. I am going to use the word panache, and uh, and is just again is uh, at times despicable, but other times you there 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 is this sympathy that you have for the character, not as much as some of the others. And again, without saying, I'm not going to say too much, but Nathan Lane is just a powerhouse. Um, and when he's doing the comedy, especially in some of the other characters, he he is just... It's like... I don't use the word masterclass in acting. The words masterclass in acting very often. But it is just... Like, this is how it should be done. This is how you appear on stage and he had the audience from the first moment from the first sentence he said the audience were with him um and uh, he appears fairly early on um and had the audience in hysterics and i suppose there is a level of expectation that you're going to see nathan lane the people want to laugh because they know that he's a funny man that he can do that but it wasn't just that it was that he can do the job really really well um and it's the first time i've seen him on stage um i didn't see him in the producer sadly but my goodness me if you get to see this show if this show travels i'm not sure uh whether this cast would go with it um this particular production but if you get the chance to see nathan lane in Angels in America, somewhere else in the world, uh, if you if you are in in the US or Australia or all the other places that are listening, um, then go and see it, or even fly to somewhere to see him. Um, such an incredible performance. So that's Nathan Lane. So, yeah, uh, just the whole entire cast. Uh, hats off to them. Um, and I probably can't say any more. And I want to. Um, and then I'm going to see part two in uh, in August. Uh, once I'm done performing myself, uh, we have an evening um, for the next bit. Um, and I'm really looking forward to it. It does feel like the end of the first of part one does very much feel like a cliffhanger. Um and it is is played out very much like a cliff a classic cliffhanger in a in a kind of very addictive television show um but in a extremely spectacular way um and i'm not going to say any more than that but angels in america is so yes generally if i'm going to do that i don't I haven't done this before stars or anything like that but i'd definitely give it five star review um and uh, as I say, the audience were, it was packed, the audience were very excited, and the audience went with it. So if you are going to see it, then I hope the audience are with it the night you see it, and I'm sure they will be. And for the rest of the world, there is a film. There is a film uh, with Emma Thompson and Meryl Streep, and uh, go and investigate that. Um, anyway, that's... And I'll tell you, I will give you part two, a little of a breakdown of part two once I've seen it um, and my feelings on it and if they've changed, but I don't think they're going to. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> now this is just ridiculous. Um, there is, of course, Pride has happened and uh, Pride, the actual March and the day the festival happened uh, on Saturday just gone. And uh, I was due to go to my very good friend Tom's stag do that day. And I'd kind of thought, well, I'm going to dress up in my bride gear. Um, I was uh, concerned that I was going to be rehearsing, so I kind of hadn't made major plans to do anything. Um, and we ended up being freer. So I thought, OK, well, I can do this stag and then probably go via pride and do a bit of that. But sadly... <laughs> I mean, it's not sadly, really. It's quite, it's absolutely ridiculous. I was kneeling on my toilet seat to look in the mirror to do my hair, to quaff my quaffy hair. 
and uh, just because the light was better and I could see where I was placing my wax and I put my knee through the lid of the toilet and it cracked and cut my knee and I bashed my knee on the toilet uh, and it was very very sore and I had to ice my knee for a day and I was concerned I was never going to walk again it was all very dramatic um, but it did mean that I didn't get to go out to do pride I didn't get to go into my friend Tom's stag do either um, it's okay now it's still sore and I managed to walk to rehearsals today on it and it's fine and, and li lived through rehearsals so it, clearly nothing too damaged but um <laughs> It was a bit ridiculous that that stopped me going to Pride is a broken toilet seat. I had to buy a new one today. Anyway, it's all very mundane. Um, but yes, uh, the reason I'm saying that is just because I want to tell you how ridiculous my life is sometimes. But also to say that I'm actually looking very much looking forward to going to Margate Pride. Um, Margate is the seaside town I've talked about before. Um, and uh, my friends Peter and Paul who have the house there and we spent uh, spent a fair bit of time down there now and we're starting to fall in love with it but Margate Pride is obviously going to be a bit smaller than London Pride which I did manage to see a little bit of on London live television but uh, Margate Pride is Saturday the 12th of August um, and we are going down for that and then there is a uh, a party, an after party at Dreamland, the theme park afterwards, so we're going to go and do that with our friends Peter and Paul, looking forward to that um, so my pride isn't over yet and uh, you're supposed to carry on uh, celebrating it for uh, many a month and so I will be still doing that in August um, and we possibly might make it to Brighton um, there are a few clashes because we have weddings and I'm going up to see uh, the chap who is going to be my best man at our wedding and Keith and I are going up to visit him and his family um, my godchildren so August is busy so I'm hoping anyway that I will be able to make Brighton as well but we are definitely booked for Margate and I am going to do a bit of live uh, recording while I'm there as it's going to be the pride that I'm going to be embracing this year. Um, anyway, I hope everybody in London enjoyed theirs and I hope everybody around the world has been enjoying their prides. I know it's kind of that month and some have happened and some are about to happen, but wherever you are in the world, I genuinely want you to have a wonderful pride. Be safe um, and, uh, and, and dance in the streets in whatever attire you choose um, and wear it well. So I paused very briefly there, my phone buzzed, and actually, bizarrely, it was a question that had just come in um, on an email. So I'm going to try and answer this for you very quickly. Um, and again, this is somebody who is, uh, who is an associate, shall we say, and is being very shy. So I'm not going to name names. I want people to, <laughs> to come forward and say, please talk about me on your podcast and talk to me or uh, I or say my name out there in the world. So, um, but again, sadly, this one isn't going to be because it was just because I'd pressed someone. As I say, I'm saving a few up and I do have a few names. I have names and addresses and I'm going to be giving them out. No, I don't give out addresses, but um, unless you want me to. Um, but do uh, keep contacting me with your questions but this one uh, was just one that came through conversation I'd have with this particular person before it's about you haven't talked about you talked about gay films and you hadn't talked about um, gay music I mean I have um, but uh, the, the the albums that you would say that are to, to, to name a few of your favorite gay albums and I mean oh my goodness it's very difficult what what is a gay album and doesn't even necessarily mean to be a gay artist it's just something that has a sensibility or appeals to I suppose a gay audience or appeals to me as a gay man anyway um, 
so uh so yes i mean i've talked about a lot of obvious ones in the past and i love sylvester and those kind of albums and um i have rediscovered uh, sylvester's back catalog um and i can recommend anyone going and doing that but i suppose of kind of of recent the last 10 15 years somebody who uh i was i still am a fan of but at one point i was slightly obsessing over was rufus wainwright um i loved um his album want one which came out in 2003 i think it was 2003 um 2004 2003 anyway about that time um and i've used the word epic a lot again today i tend to have podcasts where i stick to a word but this uh, want one by rufus wainwright is just epic and the orchestrations um and there's a couple of tracks on that that make me cry um uh, his voice is like uh his voice is like merlot <laughs> that's the best way i can describe it i he just has such a soaring at times but can also be a very soothing voice um and a very emotional voice um he has the album where he is singing uh judy garland songs as well uh i think it's live from carnegie hall i believe it's called i think it's from carnegie hall anyway it's from a from an american concert hall and he's doing a lot of judy garland numbers um and uh his voice is very well suited to uh the garland style and song sheet um but yeah so rufus wainwright and there's a i mean there's to be honest with you all of his albums um i have quite a few of them on cd (laughs) um so i just probably need to put them on to my itunes um because i haven't listened to a lot of them recently because i haven't got uh the ability to play a cd uh, well, I have, I suppose, on a laptop, but I need to get a new music system. That's So if anybody's looking for Christmas presents or wedding presents, you know what to get. Um, but, uh, yeah, the uh, other person that comes to mind, and I've mentioned before, is uh, Morrissey. Um, and if I had to choose one of his albums, one of the gayest ones, um, well, that appeals to me is uh viva hate i'm gonna say viva hate by morrissey um as i say i was also uh quite obsessed with morrissey um and uh would would like to would love to sit down and spend uh, just a few hours chatting to him um when i was younger i was also probably a little bit in love with Morrissey as a person, as a physical entity. Um, and then I suppose the other thing that comes up is, um, oh, that comes to mind, um, is going back a little bit. I'm just trying to think of gay albums that uh, that have importance and that have played a huge part in my life. Uh, well, okay, so Jimmy Somerville um, for, uh, I'm sure listeners all around the world uh, are aware of him, but definitely in the UK, um, Jimmy Somerville is uh, currently a solo artist um, and has this incredible falsetto voice. Um, and um, the album, their album, The Age of Consent, there we go, The Age of Consent by Bronsky Beat, which came out in the mid 80s, uh, mid to early 80s, is. Uh, it was very, oh, I mean, goodness, it was very political for its time. Um, Small Town Boy, the single that comes from that, uh, about escaping um, a small town um, and uh, and escaping the bullying and escaping the, the, the fear um, to go to a bigger town and and find like-minded individuals. The video for that is very much all about that. Um, I can only say The Age of Consent there was a lot of tracks on it but that's the one that uh, everybody knows um, but it was sort of the first bit of 
of gay politics that really crossed over into pop. Obviously, we had um, Boy George um, and uh, George Michael and those people who at the time weren't uh, talking about it, let's say. I mean, I knew and pretty he had to be a bit daft to not know, I would have said. But anyway, um, but the but Bronsky beat along with like Mark Almond and obviously Frankie Goes to Hollywood. These people were the first kind of bands to talk about um, things quite so openly. And I think Bronsky Beat was sort of at the top of the uh, political game. Um, Past Tom Robinson uh, sing If You're Glad to Be Gay, Bronsky Beat kind of came out with the first like defiantly, identifiably gay music after him really politically gay music um but was still incredibly beautiful and uh and some of it was really good to dance to um if you haven't discovered Bronsky Beat go and do that dear listeners um so those were just a few albums I think I might actually have to because as, as I'm sitting here thinking about it there are so many um I'm not going to go into the whole Madonna ter- territory because I suppose that would be considered gay music but anyway I probably need to think about this sisters sisters uh, yeah so I'm going to come back to you on this um with a well there's somebody who I'm going to talk to down the line who is a, a bit of a um an expert in that world shall we say so I'm going to save more chat about gay music till then but dear listener I really do have to thank you again for joining me um it's a little bit of a short one today I'm just looking at the time at the moment we're on about 51 minutes um so I've still managed to waffle on um I hope you enjoy and I hope that as I say that I do keep you going on your travels on trains and planes and automobiles that if you're sitting at home in the bath if you're cooking and listening because that's what I do as well uh, not to myself to other people that would be weird um, though I have listened to anyway uh, I digress um, wherever you listen and and for whatever reasons you're listening I thank you for being and joining me every week um, and I have been told that I perhaps gush a bit too much and thank you all too much, but that's my nature and I'm not going to pretend to be otherwise. So please keep listening and subscribing. And as I say, have a wonderful week in the meantime. Um, There may be a slight delay, uh, depending on how things are going show-wise. But come and see me if you can and come and say hello. And if not, get those questions to me, uh, mattiankelly.com. Um, and there is a section where you can contact me directly there. Um, you can also, my email is there. You can just drop me an email or contact me on SoundCloud or Twitter or any of the social medias. But please, please, please come with the questions and uh, I'll get, I'll give you a mention and a shout out. Anyway, gang, thanks again. Have a brilliant week. Enjoy the sun. Enjoy the rain. Enjoy Wimbledon. Enjoy life. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye.